0: Welcome to a new episode of Craft Beer Conversations, where the beer and the conversation are always on me. We're doing things a little differently today on the podcast. Wednesday was National Beer Day, though as most of us agree, every day is a day to celebrate beer. But the marked day got me thinking, what is it about beer that we love so much?
1: It'll get you drunk!
0: Well, yeah, sure, but... I had a hunch it was a little more than that so i called up some friends of mine and asked one simple question why beer one question many answers check it out dave and by dave i mean dave Seacott from brew detroit just tell me why beer what is it about the product or maybe it's the industry or the people but just tell me why beer
2: yeah originally i got into craft beer uh from a trip believe it or not to vancouver where uh, I had like my very first outside. This is probably back in 2010-ish. I had my first like real like microbrewery from a local brewery in Vancouver. And I couldn't even tell you the name of it because I didn't really pay attention or care at that time. I just kind of like opened my my mind to it. I liked it so much that my in-laws who I was with on that trip, uh, purchased a subscription to craft beer Club of the month, or something like that. So, I would get every month for six months uh, a 12 pack where I would have two different beers, uh, three beers from each of those, and then two different breweries. Uh, So, it just kind of like it was just uh, the label artwork, it was the different styles that I was being sent, and like it kind of opened up my mind to uh, to all these different flavors and stuff, and not just uh, the yellow fizzy beer that I was used to. You know, at the time, I started to move towards. Uh, really getting into uh, a lot of the Sam Adams, like cherry weed and Boston lager and stuff like that. And the beer that actually kind of switched me over was Bell's Amber, to be honest with you. And uh, once that started happening um, a little bit more here in Michigan, I started really focusing on that. And I ended up actually starting a business uh, called Good Fork, where at the time, the MLCC didn't allow breweries or uh, the establishments to promote each other online. At the time, I was a project manager at a web development firm, and just really started getting into social media. I found this niche market where I could actually create these events. I came from a background of radio promotions, so I was familiar with creating events and and running those. Uh, And now I was into promoting them as well. So you know, it it all really took me down this long rabbit hole that I'm still uh, (laughs) still traveling through. um, To you know, I, I just fell in love with with everything that uh, had to do with Michigan craft beer and uh since probably 2011-12 is uh, I, I've really been heavily into it uh to where it put me in this position that I'm in now
0: now that you're inside, the story you told started from outside and how you yeah. got in. But now that you're inside, like now, why beer? What What is it about the product that keeps the work for you so interesting? I mean, what you guys do at Brew Detroit is fantastic, obviously, but I, I just wonder what, what what keeps you coming back.
2: I think it's the sense of community that other breweries uh, and ourselves have, especially within Michigan. And this, it's, obvious, it's definitely and obviously – Branches outside of Michigan, but since I'm so so familiar with craft beer in this state, uh, I've I, I really love the camaraderie and uh, the community aspect that Michigan craft beer has. It's uh, where everybody's helping support one another and, and, and helping out in the best best way possible to, um, for the most part, uh, progress uh, all of the brands, and that that comes from you know only having when I first got into this 125 breweries in the state, and now we're over 500, so. Um, you know, it just shows you how much it's grown and, uh, you know, I really got into that and, uh, I really, uh, I'm into analytics and stuff like that as well. So when I look at you know, the growth of, of Michigan craft beer, um, you know, it, it goes beyond just the beef too. It's, it's, the uh, the hop farms that are here in the state and, and all the, the malt stuff like that, that are, that are here in the state working with sugar companies, uh, for like the beet sugar, like Michigan sugar. They provide the beet sugar that we use in Cerveza del Rey, so it's using and helping out all these these other uh, industries that are within the within the state.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Like, because you're right. Like, we talk about you know, breweries and, and places, the you know, uh, ale marys, things like that. But, like, you're right, the, the the amount of malt producers or hop farmers in Michigan, it's really grown, and I think, and some of this is on me, like, people like me need to pay more attention to what's happening before the beer goes into the, the still or whatever you want to call it, right? Because you're absolutely right. The Michigan hop growers and the malt producers, I mean, they're on fire.
2: Yeah, that's always something – that I like to pay attention to, like I said, I'm a huge fan of analytics, so I use the uh, Brewers Association website. Um, there's there's a piece in that where you can go state by state and see what the um, the economic portion of what this industry adds to the state of Michigan, as far as like numbers go, and how many breweries, uh, how how much, how many barrels per capita, uh, that sort of thing. So it's really interesting to go through that and uh, pay attention to what exactly is going on. Uh, in the industry within the state. And it, it's just really cool to see the growth. And it, it's cool to see, uh, you know, how everybody comes together. Yeah, we compete on the shelves and for tap handle space. So when it comes down to it, you can go to any of the beer fests once we can have them again and see the camaraderie between the brewers and the salespeople and basically everybody in the industry who, who actually works for the breweries and then how they interact with the people who are consuming the beer. It's a giant community, and it's pretty awesome
0: to see. You're going to notice a common theme here, and that it's all about the community. Moda Dice Breweries' Jeff Smith says, "Beyond coming together over beer, there's something simplistic about our favorite suds. Why beer? Right? So many of you, almost all of you, have come from different industries, right? And eventually, you made the transition. And I just, I want to know what what about the product? What about all of it? Just you know, why beer?
1: me it's a couple things so it's simplicity of the ingredients that makes beer as i've said before and probably told you it's it's not that complicated of a thing to make and i appreciate all the different types of beer and styles that we can generate off of that basically same foundation of ingredients um the other thing is like you don't open up a bottle of water and sit around and talk to people you don't open up a jug of milk and have a conversation that could lead to a debate. You don't go to a bar to have, um, you know, a Sprite. It's almost like a great uniter. Sit there, you have a beer with somebody, you're able to talk about a wide breadth of things and find common, you know, a common ground with beer.
0: You get to now, like, facilitate that. Right. You have a tap right. room. you make the product. What's that like for you to not only have experienced that yourself as a consumer, but what's it like for you to watch that happen in front of you and the thing that people are being brought together by is what you made.
1: Yeah. And that's really interesting. And I think that's one of the cool things that I've, that I've learned within this whole process of, you know, we've only been open six to eight months now and just, the foundation of a community that we've already kind of have and we're really supported by the same 20-30 people that come in weekly they're probably 20-30 people I've never met before but we're able to have conversations over the beer I'm able to talk to them through beer and you know they look forward to every week what beer I have on tap and what, what you know crazy food truck I got coming so when we weren't able to actually serve people in house I missed that so much just having that conversation, you know, what's new with you today? I mean, it's a simple question. And, you know, just to hear what great things are going on and even like the horrible things that are going on with them. And the ability for them to come into my place and have a place where they kind of didn't have to think about that for an hour or two. Like I said, I was always on the other side. And now I'm seeing that where they're coming to me and they're coming to my place, which is really cool within itself. And it's something I kind of overlooked while creating it. And, you know, starting this process, I didn't even realize that that was going to be a thing.
0: You talk about community, and this is a question I've asked the other people in having this conversation today. There are two communities. There's the one that supports you, and then there's the one that you've become a part of just by being somebody in Michigan that that makes and sells beer, right? There's this crazy craft beer community. And what, what I'm trying to get to the bottom of in is this odd dynamic, right, where um, you're fighting for people to come to your brewery today, or maybe you're fighting for tap handles at Ale Mary's, or maybe you're fighting for shelf space at Kroger, right, or wherever you are, 8 Degrees Play-Doh. But, you know, and I've never seen, and and it's probably happened, I'm sure, uh, but is Brewers fight over anything else other than that? It's amazing that, you know, I come from the sports world. I I did sports talk radio for many years, and, you know, you see just ruthless competition, right? It's amazing the lengths people will go to win and to limit their opponent but it's like the exact opposite with this industry. It's I, I can't count how many times I've seen, even if it's just in a simple collaboration or something else, breweries helping each other, breweries supporting each other. It is the most odd form of competition I think I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a common purpose with that. Like, If I succeed, that's going to help our circle with ascension and breweries like that they were in our shoes at one point too. And, and I don't speak to like the local area that I'm familiar with, but there's just this understanding that, you know, we will we'll get all lifted up together for some reason or another. And I even experienced that a little bit. I, you know, I went uh, for a family vacation last week and I stopped off at a couple breweries in New York. One of them was Mortalis, uh which I'm not sure if you're aware of, but you know, they're, One of those, I guess, quote-unquote hype breweries where everything that they put out, they can make 200 cases of a beer, and it'll sell out in one day, if not minutes. And they spent two hours with me just hanging out. And for no other reason than I ordered, you know, I I now own a small little brewery in Troy Michigan. And I reached out to one and asked them if if I could have some time with them. And you're right. I don't, you know, coming into my tech background, like, surely I would never do that to a competitor you know it, it just wouldn't it, it's not common so it is something that i'm taking a little bit to get used to because i don't want to say i'm competitive i surely have a good sense of self and what that worth is and not that i think that my is better than any anybody else's but i want to succeed over somebody of course i think that's human nature and just nature of an entrepreneur but at the same time i know that i don't know everything So the fact that I have this community that is willing to support me through this journey, it it just blows my mind.
0: You heard Jeff mention Arctic Circle Brewing Company, one of the new kids on the block, slated to open later this spring. Devin Sills is the co-owner and head brewer at Arctic Circle. He, too, talks of the camaraderie in the beer industry, but added that his previous 9 to 5 wasn't cutting it anymore you've done other things before getting into beer as many people have and so I really just have one question on this national beer day why beer what is it about the product that not only makes you enjoy it but makes you want to jump right in and immerse yourself as far as getting into the industry
3: well first let's start by saying hooray beer yes <laughs> and uh, well for me it was uh, I always had a like love for cooking but Never went to culinary school because the idea of being able to prepare these meals but never being able to see people enjoy it firsthand kind of uh, took away the zest for like cooking on a professional level. But where I found beer years later and fell in love with it the homegrown idea and being able to share with friends and family over the years it then gave me the confidence to go into this world where I now got to create something from my own ideas and grew it on a Tuesday on the first and then by the 17th, it's now on tap for people I get to pour and see their actual real time reaction. It was a uh, inner idea that then manifested itself in what was an unexpected avenue, which is beer. Then, like, I hit the tipping point with what my day job was 51% more into beer than I was into um, my actual day job. So, I went 100% into beer. And luckily, I had the backing of my uh, friends and family, and uh, most importantly, Eric, you know, my business partner. So, now beer has become More about uh, the in-tap room experience because I'm trying to reach a much larger audience than just the uh, friends and family now. I love the idea of creating something from my own uh, mind and then watching the reaction of the people because I get a certain amount of gratification from their uh, enjoyment of it.
0: Being in the industry, going from a consumer to a producer, maybe took some of the sheen. Out of it, right? Because I mean, it's one thing to be able to sit back and enjoy it. I don't ever stress over beer. I don't have to. All I have to do is pop it, and it tastes delicious. But I just, but but it seems like listening to you talk that if anything, getting into the industry has just made you love it more. Because again, you talk about that gratification of making other people happy through things that you've made.
3: Yeah, um, I I think I can almost like speak on Eric's behalf as well. It's like we, he and I are both like big sports fans, so like we do have like this certain amount of like competitiveness uh, within our own stuff. So the product and our interest within like growing this brand itself uh, is something that we take much pride in right so yesterday we were really able to do like that uh, the tapping at Ascension brewing company so like we like basically cleared our schedules for the idea of, like let's be there and then for the moment it, our first beer really goes to out to the public and to see the real-time reaction for the people so yeah i think um for us like we're just like scratching the surface though so, yes very early in this uh, process um, our expectations for what ArchiCircle can be is a very, very large picture.
0: So, just tell me about that because I was following along yesterday on the socials. What did that moment feel like? I saw your name on the board there at Ascension, and I've seen the pictures of you guys over the last several weeks working on this. I saw the videos of them going into cans. I mean, what does that feel like?
3: It's a bit surreal, being it like how reception is, like the perception of Ascension Brand Company and like all their allure. And then them being able to, uh, us being able to work with them as the first uh, collaboration out the gate for us, it set a very high standard. So uh, us as, you know, not too long ago, just purely consumers of it, it was a moment of surrealness and also like, you know, we had to pat ourselves in the back a little bit because we have uh, done a lot of work behind the scenes to put ourselves in a spot where this sort of uh, opportunity was available to us. So, yeah, sitting back and then, you know, having, like, Spice from the Bojo in the Morning Show walk in and, like, uh, having a beer with us and, then, like, thoroughly enjoying it and blasting on the social media. These things are kind of like dominoes for us where we're just try to maintain the momentum. And um, I, don't, I can't be more thankful to Ascension Brewing Company because uh, they gave us a platform to really showcase what we can do as well.
0: Sometimes one doesn't even plan on joining the industry. That's what happened with Steven Roginson, but thankfully fate led him to start Batch Brewing Company. I wonder what it is about beer itself that that draws you to it, that makes you want to do what you do, like, you know, the reason, the why outside of, you know, feeding your family and all that, good jazz.
4: I was uh been a, a beer enthusiast and uh I guess nerd Uh, for a lot of years before there uh, there was a whole lot of context Um, in the mid 90s kind of like you know craft beer's first boom I was lucky enough to get uh, you know exposed to craft beer at a time where it was really in its like commercial infancy I mean people been you know homebrewing and that was you know something that I was just starting to get turned on to and attracted to but there was a time where I could walk up to a party store in Rochester and get Breckenridge beer. I mean, it was like there was a first boom in craft beer, and I just happened to be around it, and it was a lot of fun. It it, it uh, turned me on, uh, turned me on to you know the aesthetic of craft beer, flavors and and uh, sensations that I hadn't been able to find in you know kind of commercial domestic beer. So that's what got me there, turned me into an enthusiast, and uh, eventually into a hobbyist home brewer, which. Um, fast forward many years, you know, becomes a career.
0: Is it is it just like, I mean, what was it one of those things, uh, usually you hear the term slippery slope in a bad way, but was this for you just kind of like that once you got the exposure and then once you started doing it at home, it was just kind of cascaded or avalanched or whatever nature term you want to use?
4: You know, um, it was more of like a confluence of events than that. Like I homebrewed and I was also kind of in a, a touring you know, music outfit and I had sporadic time to, to brew and then I shifted careers and I was traveling a lot for work and had sporadic amount of time to brew. And one of my long time buddies started home brewing and we used to have a series of parties and he had some beer. And I was like, this is awesome. P.S. I've been doing this for 15 years. How about I get off my, you know, keister and start making some beer again? And, um, really, uh, as far as the process of, of developing a business idea that wasn't deliberate. I just started brewing again. Um, but the work that I was doing uh, in my career had me in the city of Detroit, working down here, investing corporate dollars in this community. And I got the I got the bug. I wanted to live in the city. I, I was in the burbs at the time. And I moved to the city about you know uh, 11 or 12 years ago and stopped homebrewing. And I, I was living in a loft. It just wasn't reasonable thing to try and do. Uh, so I started exploring, you know, maybe there, there's so much grassroots, you know, entrepreneurism in the city, and it's, and the, the barriers of entry were very low, and maybe it's something I could experiment with, and I decided to raise a little money during a crowdfunding campaign. Just, I was gonna basically do a speakeasy with craft beer. My homebrew scale, real small, did a crowdfunding campaign, in the middle of that campaign, my job was eliminated, Uh, so I went all in. I never set out to make my existence all about beer, but the fates decided otherwise, so here we are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, sometimes fate knows what's going on, whether we know it at the time or not. And you you, you mentioned the community being in the city. I wonder, and and you are one of the the true ambassadors of craft beer, all that you guys have done for the community from within with – your taps, and then your fundraisers, and that kind of stuff. I, I've asked everybody the same question. I come from a sports background. I did sports talk radio for many years, and competition is vicious. It's brutal. It's all about winning. And I understand that in this industry, the competition is also fierce, right? You want people to come to your establishment, spend their dollars on on your beers. You're fighting for shelf space, tap handles. But at the same time, when you all get together, it's like the most pleasant welcoming, encouraging. It's just, the craft beer community to me is just so odd in the kind of competition that I see because I don't think you really see it in a whole lot of other industries. It's cutthroat, but at the same time, there's no knife, I guess.
4: I wouldn't say that I am competing more with Brew Detroit than I am with Mudgees. We're all competing for share of mind and share of wallet. Um, When we have a potential guest making a decision of where they want to go eat and drink, they're choosing... An infinite number of locations and especially as craft beer has become more ubiquitous Mudgee's for years was the best bottle shop for craft beer in the city of Detroit and they're a deli there is ubiquity in craft beer it's available now so the goal that anybody that's operating right now especially magnified during during this COVID era is like what experience am I creating and that is uh, something that the craft beer industry has done a good job of being collaborative and collegial with each other, which is, you know, literally doing collaborative beers with other breweries or hosting, you know, a food pop up from one brewery at another. There are definitely places I'm positive in the craft beer industry that it's cutthroat, but that is at a different level or scale. We're a thousand barrel brewery. I am positive that that you know there are reps from. Uh, you know bigger Michigan breweries that are thumb wrestling for shelf space with each other that's not that's not where this brewery plays and that's not who we aspire to be what we aspire to do at Batch Brewing Company is to be a meaningful community member a deliberate community member that is creating a unique experience and adding something of value to our community
0: some folks are just inspired by beer and are thrilled by the search for the latest and greatest flavors. That's what leads Danny Fercasta's charge with Girls' Pint Out because, of course, beer is for everyone. Do you remember, not your first beer, obviously, because the odds of that one being mm-hmm. actually good are, like, zero. Um, yeah. <laughs> but do you remember, like, your first brush? with craft beer what you thought like whether you didn't know about mm. it or you were skeptical and you ch- like, do, was there a moment when you, I don't want to use the word flipped, but I just, do you remember mm-hmm. your first encounter?
5: Yeah. This is something I like to ask people too. I refer to it as the gateway beer. Yes, And, um, yeah. And you know, I drank blue moon with people before I knew that I didn't like wheat beers, but the thing that really flipped me that like got me and was like, Oh my God, look at all of these flavors I didn't know existed. Was felt too hardest. I was given a bottle and had never heard of the name IPA before, and took one sip and was like, "Well, that's it."
0: And, and I mean, good lord, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have an encounter, <laughs> let that one let that one be one of the first I ones. Know. You're not gonna find a better IPA around. And then so so yeah. now that now that you've gotten in, and obviously you are as immersed as anybody else, I wonder mm-hmm. what it is that that keeps bringing you back, right? Like, is it the, is it the beer? Is it the community? Is it the camaraderie? Like, I, I wonder why you have decided to be as involved as you are, right? I mean, cause you and I could just yeah. sit at like last time, sit at the Ferndale project and drink beer and do nothing else. Right. Yeah. But obviously it's yeah. <laughs> for you, it's so much more than that. And so I wonder what drives you to the more.
5: It is all of those things. It's the community. It's the places themselves. I mean, beer gardens are fantastic. They're beautiful places for people to come to. And uh, I love the atmosphere. I, I love the flavors. I love the inventiveness. I love finding a new thing that I'm going to fill our fridge with <laughs> every weekend. I love meeting people and traveling for beer. The, the fact that women are much Part of it now these days it's kind of like when you go to a new city and you already know somebody who's there, mm-hmm. you can like hang out on their couch, you know what I mean? You go to a place and you find like a, a woman run brewery or a woman brewer, and you're like, We're already friends, look at that.
0: I was out at uh, about a month ago at Mothfire, right? I mm, mean, yeah, and and what's happening out that way, and and the flavors that she is creating, and and I know that there are, and you go to batch, right? and you uh-huh. see what's happening at Schoolcraft College, right? I mean, there are women oh, yeah. everywhere. Now, that doesn't mean you're, gonna, you're not going to see one every time. You. No. <laughs> that sounds crazy. You're not going <laughs> to see one every time. But there's not going to be a, a a woman every single brewery you go to. I read this, and I, I'm curious. I read this article. Uh, it was in Sambir, and it said, I don't know how many years it was, five years out, it'll be 50% bras and 50% beards on the brew deck. And Love that. I, me too. I was like, first of all, <laughs> greatest headline ever, especially from somebody yeah, yeah. that for does that for a living. I'm like, why didn't I ever think of yeah. that? Um, that's great. but I just, I wonder like how we talk about community while the women are far more predominant than they maybe used to be. It's still somewhat of a minority. I just, I wonder how you were welcomed or how you carved out kind of your own niche. And that's not to say that you just hang out with women, but obviously what you do at GPO, you guys have this camaraderie and I just, I think it's so dope.
5: Yeah. Um the willingness to learn, I think, is the biggest thing. Like these women, they they love beer, they wanna be around together, they don't want to be told what to drink or assumed that they just want like a dirty wheat beer or something. <laughs> the, lady like that have. the lady will have. Will, the lady will have. The lady will have whatever the heck she wants. Thank you very much. Yeah. The lady will have a guinness and a shot. There you go. Um it's about switching the way beer is looked at. You know, it's not just a dude thing anymore. It's not just dude's in their garage and then passing bottles around while the wives stand in the kitchen. It's, we're doing it now. We're part of everything. I think just having that safe, understanding kind of place for people to come to, and that's part kind of what beer is about, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it's the... Tougher. Right. That's that's why we turn to it, right? That there's yeah. something comforting, and even though the beer flavor specifically may not be familiar, the, the, the concept yeah. itself is certainly familiar and you know and maybe maybe this is partly things that I'm at least fractionally responsible for I I mentioned Mothfire and I was talking to Alexis and you know I asked her I asked her what it was like being a woman and being a brewer and she looked at me and she was like I don't know it doesn't feel any different and so so and I just I felt like a moron and I know that's not why she said it no 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 I know I know but I would just but I thought to myself I'm like you know maybe not part of the problem but Maybe people need. I don't like it when people. Oh, I don't see color. It's like that's not how that works. Yeah, yeah. But that's not how that works. It's not. Yeah. It's a nice thought, but it's not how it works. But I, I do wonder right. maybe if if it's on people like me to see past the gender, right? As opposed to like singing it out and be like, "Oh, it's like a dress with pockets. It has pockets. Like right? Like, <laughs> I, I, ooh, it's a woman. It's a woman." And I wonder if maybe yeah. that's. um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to say that. I, yeah. I don't know.
5: I think you're right, and I think it's up to even women too. Like, you know, it's it's not about like ogling the the brewer. Like, look at that. There's a lady back there. My God, <laughs> they can do this now. It's crazy. It's it's cool to see. Eventually, it's just going to be a thing you see, and that's that's the point to get to really. Like the that's the goal, and it's it's coming fast. Like, I I met a woman earlier last night who used to work for Coors. She runs one of the only um, 100% gluten-free brewers in the entire country. There's, like, I don't know, maybe a dozen or something. From start to finish, from what grows, what's brewed, how it's packaged, where it's it's done, it's amazing. It's her. And she just, you know, that's just her job. (laughs) I think that's amazing.
0: Like you said, it'll just be a thing that is.
5: It'll just be a thing that is.
0: These days, you can go to college to become a brewer, which is so dope. But before that was a thing, Kevin DeGrood from North Center Brewing says his first brush with craft beer came in a college chemistry class. The rest, well, you know what they say, it was history. So many people that I talk to have done other things before, right? We're seeing a new generation of brewers that are starting in college and things like that and coming out with degrees and experience. But so many people have done other things and then transitioned into this job and I just I wonder what it is about beer that makes you enjoy it so much and so much so that you've made it your vocation
6: sure well it's always been there for me even though got my first taste quite literally while in college as part of a lab class like what's the first time I made beer um, was as well before (laughs) it was a common thing to have uh, college degrees and things like that so uh, being a chemical engineer I, I got a little glimpse into the life of uh, production brewing. And, uh, you know, over the years, it just, I, what I enjoy most about beer is it's a community effort. It always seems that when you're enjoying beer, of course, I don't mind having a beer sit by myself on my porch, but the atmosphere that everyone's, you know, a, a brewery, what it provides as an atmosphere is completely different than anything else. That's what I most enjoy about the, the beer is obviously the product and making it and that's that's awesome and fun but the community that that beer seems to have created uh over the past however long it's been around that's what i what draws me to it um it is just the community that gets created from it to be quite honest so uh, that's always been my drive is to create a good product where everyone can gather around and and hang out and talk and you know what have you so that's always been my drive
0: yeah, a wise guy once told me, "If you like it, it's a good beer." Right?
6: <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, sometimes uh, you know, the, I can uh, uh, come up with some zingers every every decade or so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's always been our philosophy. And, and even if uh, you know, not only in our product, but you want to have a space where you can enjoy the product too. So, you know, it all goes. It all comes together. You know,
0: in this community, it's as competitive in some senses, right? I mean, everybody's competing for the same customer, not exactly the same customer, but you don't want people to come into your establishment. Some people are competing for shelf space. Some people are fighting for tap handle space. But you wouldn't know that if you got into a room full of brewers. There would be no fistfights. There would be no... It's just, to me, the most oddly competitive thing I've ever seen because as competitive as it is, it doesn't feel like it at all, at least not yeah. to me. Now, I'm sure if, if it was my money, I'd feel a little differently. <laughs> so I, I, I do say that cavalierly, I know.
6: Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you, you know, it was something I realized right off the bat, right when I was first starting organizing, you know, my business plan uh, eight years ago now. And I, I actually wandered into Liberty Street Brewing in Plymouth, talked to Joe Walters, who's been a pillar of the local beer community for many, many years. I didn't know him, you know. I just walked in, and, and he opened his books up and said, "What do you want to know?" <laughs> and uh, right away, you know, my my background before that uh, is automotive, and I, I sh- definitely understand, you know, trade secrets and and keeping things from your competitors and trying to get a leg up, and having that kind of attitude right when I was starting into this adventure was I knew I was walking into something different, and. I think that's reflective of when when I say a brewery is like no other place you you go into it's it's different than a bar It's different than a nightclub the vibe is always completely relaxed and casual and welcoming and I think that's just reflective of the people that organize it you know your beer wins an award yes that helps uh, your personal confidence and, and and what have you and, and maybe you win the uh, a tap handle versus somebody else. Uh, but we all benefit the more people that are interested in our product. The beer consumer is a unique consumer too. Uh, they are open to trying different places and different beers. And that's how we all benefit from this. And so that's that's our unique thing. And I think that's what makes it stand out. It is competitive, um, but we also, at the end of the day, just want to all hang out and enjoy the company of each other over a good beer. So that's, that's how it always seems to me. It does I've also noticed too, it doesn't matter how big or small you are as a brewery. Um, everyone usually feels very uh, welcoming. <laughs> a couple of years ago at, a, at one of the conferences, I happened to be seated right next to Larry Bell. Dude started talking to me. <laughs> I've heard he's a big you deal. Know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He may have done one or two things for the Michigan craft beer industry, but, mm-hmm. uh, um yeah and he he talked to me as if i was his equal because that's exactly how he viewed me um you know he and he c- clearly is not an equal uh you know he, he's proven time and time again i don't think he has new, a, he has no equal right i mean there's, yeah, right, there's
0: nobody right. that equals yeah
6: yeah right and, and you wouldn't know that meeting him. you know some people uh might have different stories about him but when you are another business owner or brewery owner he talks to you as if his pub is also 400 barrels a year and holds 50 people. <laughs> you know, he does not act any differently. So that's been the big allure for me for the industry is just how how welcoming everybody can be.
0: I want to thank Kevin DeGrood from North Center Brewing, Jeff Smith from Loaded Dice Brewing, Steven Roginson from Batch Brewing Company, Danny Fracassa from Girls Pint Out, Devin Sills from Arctic Circle Brewing, and Dave Seacott from Brew Detroit for taking time to speak with me. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss anything across the Metro Detroit craft beer landscape and beyond. Plus, you can always follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Zach E. Clark, Zach with an H, or on Instagram at the TheBrewManChew and TikTok at BrewManChew to see what I'm up to.